everybody, Mark here. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we have a really fun episode today. We're going to be breaking down the rest of the story series so far with a few guests. Super fun episode. And I just want to extend an invitation to you as we are redoing our studio that we record this in. If you have any experience with building a studio or if you just want to come in and help us move stuff around and paint, we would love your expertise or just your willingness to come and say, hey, I want to get involved in something that's making a difference, not only here in our community, but across the world. So if that's you, you can text us at 650-600-0402. We'd love to hear from you. And now enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Menlo Midweek Podcast, everybody. My name is Mark. My name is Jessica. And we have two guests with Ooh. us today. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourselves and tell us a fun fact. Ladies first. Okay, so my name is Megan and I am the belongings director. Whoa, I don't even know what that means. So I'm <laughs> on the central team okay. for adult spiritual formation. Yeah. Uh, and a fun fact about me, I was Miss Los Altos Hills in high school. Stop it. That's I awesome. I wrote an essay. I didn't have to be in a pageant, but I have a tiara and a sash. I'm really bummed you're not wearing them I right know, now. I really wow. wish you just yeah, showed up in that. That would have been moment. awesome. <laughs> can we yeah. like inject a picture? Like yeah, right here. You can send me a picture. Right here. I'll see what I can screen. do. Okay, cool. And this is your second time on the podcast. This is my second time. Welcome and last back. time you had a different title. I did. I just <laughs> recently became the blogging director. Yeah. Before this, I was the Menlo Kids director at the Menlo Park campus. Yeah. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. She used to be on my team and now she's still on my hey! team. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Good to see you again. Uh, longtime listener, frequent guest, Thank you. extraordinaire. One of the good infamous substitute teachers. One of the, one yeah. of them. Yeah. My, my counterpart's not here. So I'm glad we finally subbed him out. Yeah. <laughs> Megan. Yeah. Uh, Keith. My name's Keith <laughs> Riley. I'm the director of adult discipleship at the Menlo Park campus. Nice. Um, and my fun fact, I don't know, there's so many fun facts about me. How about uh, I am double jointed in both my thumbs? What? That? That's, Whoa. That's like fun, right? So I kind of do this and it kind of looks weird. If when I was a little kid, I used to do hands like this and be like, I'm going to get you. And it really <gasps> oh, creeped out creepy. people. So, do that know. to the camera. <laughs> I'm going to get you. So if you're just listening, <laughs> you might want to jump over to yeah, YouTube. Jump over, check out the video. <laughs> it's worth it. Awesome. Do and we get to share fun facts too? Absolutely. Oh, I don't first. know if I oh, have yeah. one. Well, now you better think fast. Shoot. You go first. Man, okay. My fun <laughs> fact is I recently found out that I'm I'm the Japanese side of my family is from an island in Japan called Okinawa that mm -hmm. surprisingly, shocker, is known for fishing. Hey. Oh so, my gosh. It's in your DNA. Into my culture. Oh my yeah, in DNA. That is Yeah. Thanks okay. 23 and me. Well. Not the sponsor of this episode, but I think our sponsor <laughs> from this episode it would be caffeine. Caffeine. It's mm -hmm. always a good sponsor. Yeah. We have some from, yeah. what do you have? Uh, this one's a little from Andy Town. Check out Andy Town, new to Menlo Park. Please yes. give them business. They're one of my favorites now. Uh, right off of El Camino near Oak Grove right. in the new Spring Line District. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, quite yeah. tasty. Quite cool. tasty. And Jess, what do you have? Oh, coffee. Yeah. Just ran over to Pete's. It's a little black tie cold brew with coconut. Dang. Big coconut gal over here. Okay. I'm in my coconut era. I mean, fun fact about Pete's is that the Menlo Park Cafe was the second ever Pete's coffee shop to and, ever open. Whoa. And they're still open today because of Menlo Church. Yeah, yeah, yeah we fund them quite a bit, quite a bit. Definitely. <laughs> Mate, are you a caffeine consumer? I am. Okay. Consumer. Recreationally, not mm. professionally. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I'm it's not. I'm no Keith. Keith Riley. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You, Some you, of us have problems. You have yeah. a doctorate yeah. in. Caffeine consumption. I do have a doctor in caffeine consumption. So, uh, yeah, you can check out my blog, 
<laughs> doctorate in caffeine consumption addict um, dot org. Uh, we dot help live journal we help others get com. deeper into the life of caffeine. Nice. And Jess, fun fact. The only thing I can think of is because there's a sticker on my phone. I'm like a really big fan of whales. And so I've gone whale watching a couple times in Mm -hmm. Monterey Bay. It's incredible. They're so big and beautiful. And every time I see them, I'm like, God created these. This is incredible. Um, And I've just been obsessed with all of the orca stuff that's been going on of the tipping the boats and how smart they are. And (laughs) Megan and I were just talking about there's like research on of like, why do they do this? And there's not really any reason. Well, there's probably a reason. There's theories. They're wild. Yeah. But they're so smart. And they just like do things. I just love it. It's really cool. So Did you say that orcas fact. are your favorite whale? No. What's your favorite whale? Um, probably the blue whale because it's mm. like the freaking biggest thing in the entire <laughs> yeah. world. It's it's huge. Yeah. It is, I think, yeah. the biggest animal on the planet yeah. right now. Okay. So orcas are really cool. I have yet to see one live. Mm. Like besides, mm-hmm. um, fun fact. Another fun fact about okay. me. I saw the. For those of you who grew up in the 80s and 90s, the movie Free Willy uh-huh. had an orca mm-hmm. as their main character. Mm-hmm. And um, she, I can't remember, was at the Portland Aquarium. And I saw her oh. once when I was a kid. And I got to meet Very Keiko cool. the Whale, who starred in <laughs> Free Willy. So huh. I don't remember what the question was, but th- Your favorite I, whale. That, Your favorite yeah, whale. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. Yep. <laughs> Wow. Well, speaking of childhood memories, yeah. we are in a series right Segway now. Segway King over here. Called The Rest of the Story. It's mm-hmm. been a really fun change of pace for us for the last couple of years. We've been doing the Summer at the Movies gig, yeah. which I really love still. I think that's a cool idea. Stay but, tuned for maybe some more of that later yeah, this year. Yeah, maybe. Um, but this is just a fun series where we get to explore some of the childhood stories we heard growing up and look at them through an adult lens, mm-hmm. which I think mm-hmm. is super interesting. And so... We asked this question to Phil and Jess before, but for our two totally awesome guests with us today, what was your Sunday school experience like? Maybe one memory or something that you had from Sunday school, assuming that you went. Mm -hmm. So that's a a little bit of an assumption on my part. But did you go to Sunday school? What was it like? Maybe a memory from there? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have been to a lot of Sunday school in my life. (laughs) I grew up as a preacher's kid in Texas. and uh, They have church in Texas? Yeah, yeah. So my, my typical Sunday routine growing up was Sunday school in the morning. Yes. Then you go to worship service. Then you get a few hours break to go home. And then you came back to like a discipleship class in the uh, evening time, mm. often followed by an evening worship. Uh, and then be back on Wednesday night for a little bit more. So Sunday school, yeah. I mean, you know, it was yeah. very much hear these stories. Uh, I liked the Sunday school that had snack time the best. That was oh, always yeah. when it was yeah. really good. You know, yeah. the snacks slowly Goldfish, disappear the older Cheerios, you get, you yeah. know, until you become an adult. And then all of a sudden, we use donuts and coffee again to get people into things <laughs> once again so the snacks reappear. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think it was good. I remember watching a lot of videos. Uh, there were these cartoons when I was a kid. I remember watching one vividly in Sunday school when I was pretty little, and it talked about John dying, and then I got into an argument with my Sunday school teacher saying, no, he didn't die. He wrote one of the books in the Bible. How did he die? Like, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I'm not realizing there was multiple Johns and John the Baptist and all these things. Um, yes. So uh, many Johns. Yeah. There can only be one. Only one. <laughs> so at the Sunday night discipleship thing, was that for your parents and there was like a, a child care thing that you went to or did you go to the, disi- did you teach the discipleship basically, thing as a kid? <laughs> basically, everybody that showed up for church in the morning time, yeah. for the most part, 
showed up again and just did church again in the evening. So like discipleship was basically just Sunday school again in some other form. Okay. Uh, And then there was literally like a whole nother worship service. Um, And on the fifth Sunday in that worship service, we would sing hymns out of the Heavenly Highway hymn book. Uh, mm. For an entire hour, and people would hymn pick book. hymns, and I would always try to pick the hymns that were the weirdest. But mm. that is not surprising. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah. So a lot of like class, yeah, Bible lessons growing up in my life. Yeah. 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 So I'm kind of similar. Okay. Sunday mornings, big deal. Sunday school, then children's church. Children's church. Was like yeah, yeah, yeah. A model of what was happening in the sanctuary. So okay. like worship, offertory, lesson. Yeah. Then we did small groups. Yeah. And then I came back on Sunday nights, but I came back for children's choir. Oh. And I was there on Wednesday nice. nights too uh, for more children's of a discussion. Do you want to sing us a little something right now? Or? No, no, no. Okay. Did no. you wear your sash when you were singing? <laughs> <laughs> the sash came after choir. Okay. Uh, mm. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Got but yeah, Sunday school for me was fun like i loved seeing my friends but i got in trouble a lot no you yeah like a lot (laughs) for Mm -hmm. talking Talking. being energetic Mm -hmm. knowing the answers i got in trouble a lot with adults for being Being disruptive but being able to answer their questions still not really frustrated them but yes Mm -hmm. i i got Mm -hmm. in trouble even in choir a lot. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Well, if you ha- listeners or well, viewers, watchers out there want to share a funny story that yes. you had during your Sunday school experience, we'd love to share that with everyone else. I think it'd be super fun. That'd be a fun segment, listener yes. stories or something. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And <laughs> so as we are journeying along in this series, we've already covered some pretty cool stories. I mean, just really the hard hitters. You know, we have the creation, we have Noah and the flood. Tower of Babel, Jonah. Has there been one for any one of you that has stuck out in particular? And if so, why? I will say in my children's choir, we covered the story of Jonah. Oh, this has to be And we good. like sang. Okay. Let's hear I was it. I was a Ninevite. Oh. Okay. And so we, So was it like a perform it was more like a drama was, choir? Yeah, and it was like musical theater. Oh. It was okay. not like classical choral arrangements. It Got was it. evangelistic. Okay children's musicals okay. yes. and I was a Ninevite and so yeah. we did like fake karate on stage for our song and it was so the Jonas sing on the podcast so that the Jonas story I I chuckled because of my memories we had a giant whale okay that swallowed Jonah right so this is where it's like children's stuff right uh-huh what is it getting right what is it missing yeah and Jonah brought me back to children's choir where interesting. I think we missed some stuff. So what was your brain doing when you were having <laughs> these like flashbacks to singing the song that mm-hmm. you just probably were just singing because that's what you were told to do or because it was yeah. fun versus now approaching it through a lens of like, wait, what was I actually singing about? Hmm. Yeah. No, it's really fascinating, especially with being in professional children's ministry as yes. an adult too. Uh-huh. And how do I do that? Yeah. But as a kid, it's like... Yeah, this is what we do, right? There wasn't an awareness of anything being like weird yeah. okay. or incomplete. Sure. It was just like, yeah, I show up. This is what the Bible says and you believe it. Yeah. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. we like, we do the things and we, yeah. And then as I've been older, mm-hmm. sitting with the text, as I like went to college and seminary and as an adult going, huh, <laughs> what is the point of the story, yeah. right? 
And that's what I've appreciated in this series, too, of just the reframing of how do we approach the text mm-hmm. and then how do we respond to it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That's been really important to me because that was not a nuance communicated to me as a kid. It was like Jonah was a real person in this time in history mm-hmm. and this really happened verbatim mm-hmm. how it's written down. There was no nuance, mm-hmm. um, even though we took creative liberties when we sang it. But mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. What about for you, Keith? Yeah, I mean... I think that's something that I've obviously appreciated in the series is just the naming of that reality that mm-hmm. there are other mm-hmm. ways to look at it. Like even from Phil's first sermon when he's talking about the different ways to approach re- reading the creation narratives. And mm-hmm. um, still today, you know, I have people in my life who um, really have this one kind of viewpoint and mm-hmm. anything out of it is, yeah. you know, n- not okay. And so it was just it's just been great to just be able to hear and there are these differing viewpoints within the Christian tradition mm. that we can kind of all come around. Mm-hmm. Um, my like only kid kind of flashback story and all this was just like the the Noah one because of the fact of like, I just started thinking about how often I'd seen like smiling Noah, mm-hmm. like on an ark with all the animals <laughs> and it like Church looks all cute, mm-hmm. like a rainbow. Like I remember... I don't know which relative had it, but there was like this tall little ceramic tower. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the top was like the ark and all the way down were like all the animals. And I remember as a kid, like looking at, oh, look at all the cool animals. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and um, not thinking about that, how dark that story is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's, that's kind of what I... And what it actually would be like to live on a boat... With a bunch of stinky animals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. During a storm. During a storm. During a storm. Or really storm. scary storm. You probably yeah. can't go like, you know, like if you go on like a cruise ship, you can walk around outside. Right. But if it's raining the whole time, you're stuck inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All rocky and stuff. Yeah. Would not have been fun. No. 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 I think it, it was really fun. I really wish I remember this person's name and I'm very sorry that I don't. But I got an email about how she approached and thought about all the poopy. And uh-huh. what, mm. what they were supposed to do with that. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. she wanted me to share it with Adam, which I did. But he's out on his mini 40th vacation. Happy 40th birthday. birthday. Happy birthday, Adam. Happy birthday. Um, and so I cannot wait to read that with him when he gets back because it is a fantastic email. Thank you so much for sending me that because it made my day. <laughs> but I also, the, the one that sticks out for me the most is also that creation yeah. story. Just because it kind of set an, um, a way to, like we said, um, approach scripture mm-hmm. through different ways, name that there are different different ways to interpret it, mm-hmm. and yet still try to have civilized dialogue and discourse amongst us as believers. Yeah. And so, uh, Keith, you, you mentioned that you do have people in your life, as we probably all do, that might not believe the exact same things as mm-hmm. we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you approach having conversations maybe that is, you know, Bible-related or mm-hmm. not, which with people and what advice might you have to help us, you know, bridge that gap between those that might not see the things that we see? Yeah. I, th- I think often, you know, the first place I go is where's some common ground in mm. scripture that we can kind of meet at. Cause yeah. especially if you're kind of um, talking with somebody that has a more <clears throat> literal approach to scripture, mm-hmm. I feel like it's, it's a helpful place for me to just kind of step in with them and be like, look, I, I value scripture very highly too. Um, I hold the word of God very seriously. So let's, let's step into this together mm-hmm. in this approach mm-hmm. and then start to talk about where do I kind of piece what, how I view scripture from a historical standpoint. Um, mm-hmm. 
And, you know, that's what I was talking to somebody the other day, and they were talking to me about how they read a certain passage. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Here's how I've kind of been reading it. And I get it from this guy that was alive in Egypt and around the 200s AD and kind of piece <laughs> how I kind of read scripture. together. like, oh, that's fascinating because they had really, mm-hmm. they'd grown up in a church setting where this is how you read it. Yep. This is the only way you read it. Yep. And so for them, it was just like, oh, anything outside of that doesn't fit within what I was told was mm-hmm. the orthodox way to read it. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so just finding safety together, saying mm-hmm. that we're at, we're at the same thing here. We're both trying to grow in how we understand Scripture, what God's mm-hmm. saying to us in Scripture, and then how can we just understand each other a little bit better? And mm-hmm. you understand that I'm just here to help paint a little bit of a different picture for you, mm-hmm. and you can view how you want to as well, mm-hmm. and we can be friends and have some coffee and move along with life so yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely you know the ahistorical like how for me i grew mm-hmm. up that it was just like this is exactly the right mm-hmm. interpretation of scripture sure and anything outside of that is heretical almost yeah. right sure. and it's like but when when did christendom take this read right how mm-hmm. is it involved mm-hmm. how has voices been different over time mm-hmm. um how does that reconcile with what we know about the natural world how do we have nuance and just a generous orthodoxy, right, that we've named um, that I think I've really appreciated being able to establish what do we have in common, right, like Keith mm-hmm. was saying, and then saying, like, here's where we can have difference, and I think it's okay. Mm-hmm. I always joke, like, in my family, I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I'm the professional. I'm the, I'm, <laughs> I'm the expert. Yeah. I went to school for this. I joke. My yeah. parents both have minors in Bible, mm. but I majored in mm. Bible. So, <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> But it's, yeah, I think being able to establish that, like, we yeah, both take yeah. scripture seriously. Yeah. We both believe it's sacred. Mm-hmm. We think it's authoritative. Yeah. But there's room for sure. interpretation and difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And would you say that you hold that same approach when you're dialoguing with children about mm-hmm. that? Maybe for, I, I don't think you have kids, but no, maybe for those yeah. parents that are listening that might enter into conversations eventually with their kids about, hey, I read this and how oh, I have these questions. Yeah, I loved in Adam's sermon when he talked about going to a Torah reading class and it was like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and what questions does this bring up? Right. And yep. that being good and questions help us arrive at meaningful interpretation mm-hmm. of the text. I think with kids, because they are so black and white, we can often be like, certainty. We're going to teach them certainty because mm-hmm. that's what they mm-hmm. want. Mm-hmm. But the problem is when you say this is correct and then you add nuance later, they're like, so you lie? Yep. Mm-hmm. Sure. So how do you say, let's read this story. What questions do you have? So Noah's Ark, it never rained before. Mm-hmm. What do we know about the water cycle, right? Mm-hmm. Like, maybe it's true, maybe it's not true. That's a good question. Let's sit with that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Instead of being like, well, this is what the text said mm-hmm. in our modern translation mm-hmm. of it. And and saying, like, what do they do with all the poop? Like, hello, <laughs> eight-year-old, nine-year-old boy. They want to talk about the poop. Yeah. That's the question that really matters. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. with, like, a four-year-old, too, saying, like, what do they do with the poop? If you have a dog and you have to pick up the dog poop, we're talking about that. Like, mm-hmm. what are the logistics? This is, But more importantly, what does this reveal about who God is? Mm-hmm. And what does this reveal about the family of God mm-hmm. and the story of God? Mm-hmm. And where is there a way that points us towards what we understand now? And that's the relationship with Jesus, and that's what matters, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. I think not jumping to certainty right away, because we all evolve and change and shift as we learn more. Yeah. And so giving your kid the permission to say, I have questions, 
And God will continually reveal himself through the reading of scripture over time. That's so good. I also think there's an underlying posture of, I don't know, let's figure this out together Yeah, Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that as adults that now trying to look back into scripture and put Mm -hmm. it back to together for ourselves, a lot of the times when I dig my heels in on something, I have Mm -hmm. to ask myself why. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's usually something there that isn't revealing God's character and nature. Mm-hmm. And so, like, even with um, when Adam was talking about uh, the bow, rainbow, mm-hmm. I always saw that as God's promise to never do this yep. again. Yeah. Yep. But it being a bow pointing wrath upwards instead of downwards, like mm-hmm. a bow and arrow bow, I was like, I've never heard about right. that or thought about it that way. And mm-hmm. that's yeah. fascinating because it just, like, peels back another layer onto what I thought I know. Yes, mm-hmm. it kind of lines up, but it, mm-hmm. it deepens. And yeah. If I wasn't in a posture to receive that and I thought that was challenging, then I Mm -hmm. wouldn't have been able to get more depth on what God Mm -hmm. was really revealing in that story. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah, one of the things that helped me along the way was learning that as each of us approaches Scripture, Mm -hmm. we have different lenses on that have been formed on us, right? Sure. For everybody not on the video, I'm pretty blind. I wear glasses all the time. What's your prescription? Uh, it's pretty rough. Yeah, I don't know. I can't hardly tell it's Megan when I take off my glasses. So, um, She's very close to you. <laughs> and so I was. I remember reading a book. It was called Misreading Scripture with Western Eyes. Hmm. And it talked about oh. how um, you know w- we in Western culture have to realize that we're approaching an Eastern text yep. with our kind of Western culture. Mm-hmm. On, right, and so even for me, like that means I'm approaching the text naturally at first as a um, as a white male who grew up in a Christian home in the South of America, um, and so what are the things that just naturally from that am I bringing into Scripture when I'm reading? And sure. they're not necessarily bad things, but mm-hmm. it's understanding that I do bring a lens of approach as I'm coming mm-hmm. to Scripture. And even that kind of started to help me, one, understand scripture a little bit better of like, okay, well, what was the lens of the person that first wrote it? You know, what were Mm -hmm. they thinking as they Mm -hmm. approached it? Mm -hmm. And then what is the lens of this other person who I'm dialoguing with uh, as they're approaching it? How are they seeing things? And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that's kind of been a helpful journey for me and just kind of going back even into like my childhood and like what were lenses that were Mm -hmm. starting to be placed on me um, and understanding scripture. Interesting. Yeah, I've been listening to a really cool podcast um, I might have mentioned on here called Bema, B-E-M-A. Yep. Um, And it's very similar to that and what you both are saying of like the way that we have read and interpreted the Bible in the Western culture is different than the way it was originally written to be read. Mm -hmm. So like it's more like in the Eastern culture, they would ask those questions like, what's weird about this? Mm -hmm. What sticks out to you? Mm -hmm. What is that? What's, what do you see in this text that makes you want to talk about it? Whereas we were taught to just read it and believe it. And so it's been really cool to like take a completely different approach and you can still believe everything you believed growing up, or you can be open to seeing that maybe there's Differences, And I've really loved the way each, um, both Phil and Adam so far have taught this, taught this in that way of like, there's, there's a lot of different ways you can interpret this. And we're not here to say this one's right or this one's wrong. And we're not going to tell you that this is what it's supposed to be. It's read it, spend some time in Lectio Divina, figure it out. And like, maybe your beliefs will change. Maybe they won't. 
maybe you still won't understand and have any idea what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. But the point of that is more to have a conversation with God. Mm-hmm. Try to go deeper in that. Have conversations with friends about it. Be in life group together and really dissect the text and more about the heart of it. Like, what does this actually mean for you? Mm-hmm. And not like, I can't believe this whole time I thought that, you know, the rainbow was just a rainbow. And as a sign, it was like, no, it's it's more than that. And that's okay that, you know, I think some people can get angry of like, I can't believe I was taught this way. And mm-hmm. yeah. And I think we approach it in a modern way that we're like, this is a historical text yeah. that was written down to transcribe historical events for future readers, right? And it's like, that's not what the Bible is, right? right. It's not a like line by line news report of what happened in the flood, right? It's chief aim is different, right? Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. especially with kids and people doing the best they can in children's ministry, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, we're going to tell you this story and it's, we want them to believe the Bible's true. And so we're like, this is true, yeah. mm-hmm. but there's nuance in it, right? Because mm-hmm. the author was telling, trying to capture a story, right? Trying to invite people and trying to mm-hmm. reveal timeless truths about God, the way the world works, mm-hmm. the way God wants to be sure. in relationship with us. But we often can approach it and be like, this was written down exactly as it happened. Mm-hmm. So we could read it and get it right. Where it's like, mm-hmm. no. And the like, brotherhood of Christians. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's different ways to sit with the text and different mm-hmm. things, but it all points us to a God that loves us, that is good, yeah. that's in relationship with us, yeah. right? Yeah. Yep. And I think that there's something important about naming that there is there are people that believe that it was a line by line description mm-hmm. of what happened. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's okay. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um we I think Phil wrote down four different categories in the beginning. He mm-hmm. said he has respect for each because yeah. Yeah. at least they are all holding on to something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And so I think no matter in which lens you approach it from, if the heart of that is to try to understand God and his character mm-hmm. in the fullest, yeah, then you're, you're in the right direction. Yeah. I had to reflect a lot about this because I was recently on a trip, um, kind of a bummer of a trip, but I was in Italy. And so we Such visited, a bummer. Well, <laughs> I know, the circumstances <laughs> were a bit of a bummer. And so sorry we missed last week, everybody. Yes. But um, was with some family over there that just supporting them as they were going through a hard time. And so- uh, I was in St. Peter's Basilica, hmm. and it was like this crazy mind trip of, man, it's such a, a beautiful place, a giant church. They don't necessarily believe all the things that I believe, mm-hmm. um, but there is beauty mm-hmm. in what is there. There's beauty in the history that lies there, and there's a lot more commonality than mm-hmm. before the trip I thought I had. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it really kind of made me think about, man, what what's kind of the point of everything? Yeah. <laughs> like, Nothing too big. Yeah, yeah. It was it was very, very yeah. interesting and very fun. But I mean I got to see like Peter's grave, which was crazy. Mm-hmm. Supposedly. And maybe Mary's foot too. Missy was trying to say like there was this th- this cast of this thing in this church that we visited and she was just like, they think that like Mary's foot is actually in there. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's a replica. <laughs> <laughs> but like, and then we that's said we were going to look it up later, but then never did. Yeah. So okay, that's your homework. if you know what I'm talking about, yeah. let me know yeah. <laughs> if I actually saw Mary's foot or not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's partially what's been really helpful in this whole series, right? Is that... Um, it's a widening of our approach to everything, mm-hmm. um, understanding that there is this wider tradition that we're all in, even mm-hmm. in our approaches to scripture in this mm-hmm. series, right? It's very, the sermons are very much, let's kind of study this, let's go deeper into the, some of the, the pieces of this 
And then we're also holding Lectio in this mm-hmm. series, which yes. is more step into imaginative prayer with God and mm. step into yeah. the story, right? So even in that, there's different approaches in how we're coming to the text, but we're holding still that it's so that we can understand ourselves better mm-hmm. and understand God better. And mm-hmm. um, yeah. that's, that's been beautiful. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought up Lectio Divina because I wanted to ask you a little bit more about it. Yeah. Um, it's something that we, we try to incorporate which with each series that we do is incorporating a spiritual practice along with it. Uh, this series we're doing Lectio Divina, which we've covered a few times here and there on the podcast, but can you give a brief description of what it is and maybe what's mm-hmm. beautiful about it? Yeah, yeah. So Lectio Divina is just Latin for divine reading. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, uh, you know, so I grew up kind of always approaching scripture. Uh, I'm going to kind of study, dissect these verses. Uh, you know, what's the Greek word mean? All these things, right? Um, <laughs> Nerd. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and so, Electio is kind of coming to scripture, first fully saying that I'm here with God in with this scripture passage right now. Mm-hmm. And then just creating space to enter into the story slowly. So um, I really like Lectio because it helps us to redeem our imaginations. Um, We think Mm -hmm. about God redeeming a lot of our parts, our mind, right? So we can believe all the right things, our bodies, all these things. Mm -hmm. But often we haven't been good about thinking about that God also in our sanctification, redemption, redeems our imaginations. And so... Mm -hmm. Lectio for me is a lot of stepping into that imaginative world of the story. So it goes really well well with like a gospel passage or a narrative piece, right? Because Mm -hmm. I encourage people, you know, you're going to read this passage a couple of times and just imagine yourself there. You know, you're reading the passage of Jesus feeding the 5,000, right? Imagine yourself in the crowd. Mm -hmm. Where are you in the crowd? Are you just way off in the distance? Are you up close to Jesus? Do you see yourself as a disciple? Do you see yourself as the little kid that's bringing the the loaves and bread? Hmm. Do you see yourselves as the loaves and bread being brought to Jesus? And just even that question alone of where do you see yourself as you're listening to this story can reveal a lot of like what God's trying to yeah. say to you and what it looks like. Hmm. And it's just a different muscle than we're really used to using when we're approaching Scripture. Um, and again, just really back to that lens of God, where are we right now in this? What are you trying to say to me? Where am I? What What do you want me to hold uh, from this narrative? So, um, yeah, does that help understand? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. What I love about what you shared, too, is starting with God's here and God's working, right, mm-hmm. and recognizing. Yep. And it's not – like, I'm not good at the quiet meditation stuff, mm-hmm. but being imaginative, like, I'm there, sure. right? Yeah. And being able to be like – yeah, God's going to reveal to me through my imagination, right? Because God's redeemed every part of me, right? And God's mm-hmm. spirit is with mm-hmm. me and active. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's one thing I think that's really fun about this practice is like there's not a wrong way to do it. And what it reveals about you or about God is good, mm-hmm. whatever it reveals, right? Mm-hmm. Um, even if you're like, I'm not good at being creative and imaginative, right? It's like, yeah, what's that tension? right? Mm -hmm. What's the fear maybe of it, Mm -hmm. right? Like what Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be the practice for you, Mm -hmm. but no matter how you interact with it, Mm -hmm. it's, yeah, just assuming God's spirit is there and God is talking to you, right? And revealing Mm -hmm. things is a good reminder. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, as we're wrapping up, uh, any other closing thoughts or just things you want to talk about, about the rest of the story, um, where we've gone, maybe where we're going to? Um, Yeah, we can just have some time to chat. Yeah, I, I hope that this series is just helpful for people and um, seeing what it is that 
they're bringing into their own kind of hermeneutical lens to Scripture. You know, how are they approaching and reading Scripture and maybe even feeling the freedom to try out something new and fresh mm-hmm. um, and just feeling a little bit of freedom. That's what I really hope that yep. people yeah. are kind of gaining from this series. Can you define hermeneutical for us? Ah, yes. Uh, hermeneutics is mm-hmm. just a fancy theological word for saying, how do you read Scripture? Yep. And what is your approach to that? Um, and so most weeks, um, like that first week, Phil talked about those four different approaches to Scriptures mm-hmm. in our fun little theology classes we pay for in seminary. We would just call those hermeneutical approaches, so ways that we're approaching Scripture and mm-hmm. reading it. Mm-hmm. So Great. Yeah. Thanks, dude. Yeah, I think I just, I just so appreciate the openness of the series and the um, invitation to openness and like really taking like a different approach to scripture that a lot of us grew up with. Mm -hmm. Um, Or even if you didn't grow up in the church, maybe you became a Christian as, you know, a later in your life, but you still might've been taught a certain way to read the scriptures. And so I just appreciate the like, Approach it differently, be open to what God has to say to you, be open that your mind might change, and that's okay. Like, mm-hmm. um, I've just been really grateful for that, and I'm looking forward to, we've got, I think, five more weeks. Um, Scott and Cheryl are teaching, and then back to Phil again, and so it's just like, it's cool to hear different voices, too, yep. from this perspective, and um, so, yeah, I just think it's such a great series, and I'm excited for the rest of it. Are you just saying that because it's your series? Maybe. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do. I really love it, though. It's, it's made series. me really happy. Really like the first week, I think I might have said this on the podcast. I was just like, oh, my gosh, that's exactly like I didn't know how to verbalize what I wanted this series to like be in my mm-hmm. mind. But Phil did it exactly what I think I ended up wanting. It's great. It's just like not teaching like here's actually what happened, but more of here are some different ways you can interpret. Here are some, mm-hmm. you know, all of the stuff we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I was super dogmatic when I was young. It was like, there's one way to approach things. Mm. I think the freedom to evolve and change and to understand and to grow with your faith, right? Yeah. So you don't grow out of it, right? Yes. I think it's so important. And the prophetic imagination side of this too, especially with mm. the spiritual practice we're adding, mm-hmm. of that you can dream with the text, right? And God can reveal himself to you through the text mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be a rigid answer mm-hmm. right and it doesn't have to be a uniformity in order to have unity right within the church mm-hmm. that people can have a nuanced view from yours and that doesn't change their correctness or their position in the church or their position in god's family right and mm-hmm. then we are still together in what we do i think that's so beautiful because i think that was missing for me as a kid mm-hmm. and so seeing that that there's room for everyone within, you know, certain constraints. But, <laughs> Definitely. Uh, yeah, I really appreciate that. Great. Well, thanks everybody for being on. Yeah. This is super fun. And if you have any questions or need any encouragement this week, you can text our team, 650-600-0402. Share some fun Sunday school yes. Bible stories with us, and we'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.